0: the great long, long time ump, the most games umped ever, Joe West joins us right now on foul territory. Joe, great to see
1: you and to have you on here. AJ, why don't you introduce your friend here? The man, the myth, the legend, Joe West. He once threw me out of a spring training game. He also once kicked Mark Burley out for picking him off of first base. So (laughs) here he is, the manager with the all-time game record,
2: Joe West. Joe, how you been? I've been great, you know, and you deserve to get kicked out of that spring training game is the way you acted. And, you know, I didn't even I didn't even say anything to you. I just told Freddie, I said, we need another catcher. This was not playing nice in the sandbox. So <laughs> you send a catcher out there to replace you. You know, and you didn't want to play anyway. You were getting beat like eight to two. Exactly.
3: Sure. <laughs>
2: exactly right. And
1: you weren't calling strikes either, so I was like, "I'm out of here. I'll be home in 15 minutes. You got three more hours
2: this crap." Yeah, that was that was exactly what happened. The ball was low, and you said, "I, I gotta have that pitch." I said, "The ball's low." He said, I, "You said I don't care. I gotta have that pitch. We're getting killed."
1: What's <laughs> wrong?
2: Yeah. Well, I I look at this. I, I look down. I see Brock. You know, I kicked Brock out of one game too a long time
4: ago. Yeah, you first, got me once, Joe.
1: Well,
2: yeah, you got me started. once.
4: I'm, surpri- I'm surprised it wasn't more than that, but
2: Yeah, well, I was too, but <laughs> Well, you didn't get cra- Joe, you didn't get crowds? I never played.
1: Oh, okay. No, he, he
2: he was when he came in, he was the nicest kid that ever lived. He was he was like he was happy to be there, and it was a pleasure to have him there.
1: Wow! You know, he he wow.
2: wasn't—he wasn't grumpy like you, AJ.
1: because you know? <laughs> <laughs> I had a play You know, you get, you get in there once a week. You got all your yeah. energy, you got all your positives stored up. When you get out there every day, it wears on you. <laughs> Joe, how, it was fifty-six? What is it? Fifty-six forty? Uh, how many games? No,
2: it's fifty-four sixty regular season games.
1: Okay, and they're making a movie, correct, about your?
2: Oh, I hope, I hope not.
1: <laughs> the guy, what, what's the guy's name? There was a guy that's called me to try to get me to do an interview about you and all the games you caught. What, what was the guy's name? Well, there, there was a,
2: a producer out there named Charlie Men that's trying to put this together, but uh, I, don't, I don't think he has enough money to put it together because uh, oh. you, you can't, you can't have a. a a documentary and not have any footage and I don't think he can afford the footage and I'm certainly not going to ask baseball for the footage <laughs> so, but uh, yeah uh, it, it was uh, I worked uh, 54 160 games regular season and I, the, the funny thing is and you don't look back on this too much but I had 135 postseason and all-star games. And so the the real number I think is fifty five ninety five, if my math's correct. But uh, yeah, and um, I think Jerry Davis has just a couple more games than I did postseason. But he's he's still about three or four hundred behind me in the regular season games. And uh, he was he was quite the umpire himself. He was uh, he was around for a long time. In fact, I worked his last game in St. Louis when. Uh, when he worked his last game that he ever worked was in St. Louis. So, uh, but it was, it was a heck of a career. And I was, I was very lucky. I got, I got in it at a young age. My first game, I was like 23 years old in the big leagues. And uh, that doesn't happen. They don't, they don't take people like like that anymore. I I think they took me to the big leagues that year because I had worked spring training. And uh, so they gave me like eight games at the end of the year. So I worked those eight games and then I went to Puerto Rico. <laughs> so, but, uh, I, I was very lucky. I was, I got into a good time and I didn't get hurt. Uh, I did have three knee surgeries. In fact, the last one was a knee replacement and I worked one year on that replaced knee. So, um, I again, I was, I was very lucky. I, I was healthy. I got through it. Uh, and, uh, and I even. Even made up with Hall Carrollson after throwing Mark Burley out of the
1: game. So oh, we're, oh, we're gonna get to that. Don't you worry. We're getting into that here in a second. Don't you, we got video and everything?
5: Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free, anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect. Like daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com
1: no purchase necessary vtw group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus craft has some stuff for you
3: first oh okay sure. what uh what when when you said you broke in at 23 were you like i'm gonna do this for the next 233
1: years <laughs> like this is how long like
3: what was what was your what was your mindset there and at 23, 24, starting the next season, like, are you like, yeah, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do this for X amount of years, and then I'm going to go do my singing career.
2: You know it's really funny? When I first started, I thought I'd work 20 years and get out. But uh, when uh, I worked my 22nd year, they fired 22 of us. And um, we beat them in court, all but four of us, I think. We beat him in court. Got back pay and uh, all the benefits retroactive, and um, in fact, uh, it says it says that they negotiated and brought these guys back. That wasn't true. The federal judge put us back to work because what they had done was outside the the law, and uh, so that and that's why we got uh, back pay with interest. But uh, so a lot of those guys that I was working with, Terry Tater, Drew Koble was in the American League at the time, and. Uh, Frank Pulley, uh, with the, I mean, they fired a lot of good umpires. They fired 365 years of experience and replaced it with two. And that's why a couple of years there that they were struggling a little bit with, in fact, they went to the ball clubs and asked you guys not to argue with them, but, uh, and this was like 2000, 2001, but, um, I, like I said, I was very lucky and all those guys retired and took the pension and the, the severance money, and and I said, Well, as bad as you treated me, I'm just going to aggravate you for a couple more years. So I'd given them 22 of the best years of my life, so I decided to give them 20 of the worst years of my life. <laughs> <laughs>
1: wait, 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 wait. Why'd you pick the 20 years when I was around? I wanted to see the nice Joe West. I got the mean, grumpy old Joe West. So I was, here's I was my kind story. of grumpy in my
2: old age, wasn't I? <laughs>
1: We have the video of you throwing out Mark Burley. The only time I think Mark Burley ever got kicked out of a game was in Cleveland. There's been some ruckus today in Cleveland. We're also going to ask you about with some replay stuff. So can we roll the video of you throwing out Mark Burley in Cleveland? Here, here it, is. it is. So he picked Joe West off and whoever. Why are you yelling at Mark? Mark Mark
2: never I said a word to anyone. I, I didn't yell at Mark. I was yelling at Ozzy. Okay. Don't, don't come, come out, out here. Now,
1: don't come out here. You know Ozzy's coming out and putting on a show. You're putting on a show. He's putting on a show. Then we get Hawks saying, Joe, it's time for you to go home. Yeah. Right, so you throw Ozzie out of the game, fine. Joey Cora then has to manage our, our poor team. Don Cooper gets kicked out, our <laughs> pitching coach. No, he didn't. Then you, get, didn't then get you kick- put Angel Hernandez in the middle, Joe. Come on, out of all the people.
2: He was a peacemaker.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they called him?
2: Yeah, he was a peacemaker there.
1: So that was fine. I get it. Yeah. The next time we played Burley's pitching – you're umpiring. Angels behind the plate. I think you're at second base.
2: We told no, I Mark. Was at, I was at third.
1: Okay. We told Mark, do not throw over to first this entire game. He's why not? That's part of what I do. I said because Angel Hernandez is going to call a balk on you the first time you throw over to make sure that Joe West was right when he ejected you. And Burley's like, no way. He threw over, balk, right away. As soon as he went out, balk. He gave yeah. the worst move you've ever seen. Straight over to first, buck, and we're like, we told you not to throw over. He's like, I just had to try it. <laughs> it Premeditated, but the balk. yeah, yeah, uh, no, no, yeah,
2: bullshit. Yeah, they joke. they
4: t- they talked about that in the umpire room before the game.
2: They did. Were you in Cleveland then?
4: Yeah, y'all did.
2: No, when you, you said, went, hey, hey, no. No, when Angel hey, called the buck on Burley, off. and let me and let me tell you something. No one wants to kick Mark Burley out of the game when he threw the glove up in the air. The other three umpires went, no, because <laughs> I mean, he pitched quick. You know, everybody loved to have Mark Burley in the game when he threw the glove up in the air, they all went, oh no, you know, so. And then, uh, of course I'm, I said, if it comes down, you're gone and he, and it was so, uh, but anyway, yeah, Hawk took some shots at me after that one. So, but that was, that was funny, you know, and he beat up, you know, when you boys won the world series in 2005. Hawk used to say that I was the best umpire in baseball. When I called a balk on Mark Burley, I was the worst. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> you were because, because Burley Burley was his favorite player. So that's the. Uh, and then um, there was a time. It was a few years later. I missed the first nineteen games of the season because I had throat surgery. I had uh, I had radiation for throat cancer, and I missed the first nineteen games of the season. I came back and. I think Hawk was working with Steve Stone. And uh, he said, uh, Steve said, uh, this is Joe's first game back. And Hawk said, what was he doing? And he said, well, he had throat cancer and he had radiation treatments. and everything. So the game ended and he kicked in our door, came right in the shower and said, look, You can fight me, you can hate me, you can screw me, you can do whatever. Don't you ever die on me, you son of a bitch. (laughs) 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 So from then on, I'd get calls, hey, we're playing over in Winter Haven. We're playing over in Orlando. We're playing at, uh, uh, what is that place he plays? uh, It's real tight. uh, Orange Tree. Orange Tree, yeah. He'd call me up. And I, you know, I know why he called me because he needed somebody with a big handicap. (laughs) So, but uh, he was something else. He still is something else. Quite the, quite the guy. He's kind of cute, you know, so. All
4: right, uh, Joe. Joe, Joe, you've been out for a few years now. Um, We've got some, we've got some rule changes in the game. Um, I want to hear from an umpire's point of view of of what you kind of think of these new rules. The pitch clock um you know we've got talks of robo umps i'm sure you love that idea um and then you know how we were talking earlier on the show about foreign substances and how these guys are checking for foreign substances and we don't understand you know you touch a hand a hand's going to be sticky a pitchers using rosin sunscreen whatever they're using how can we yeah. how can we tell what what's going on what's being used what's illegal what's not illegal um just get some, some of your thoughts on some of the newer rules well
2: the big the biggest problem with checking their hands. I mean, when I first came to the big leagues the, the hitters wanted the pitchers to be able to control the ball and they wanted them to have a good grip on the ball because they knew where it was going. Um, and so the, the pitchers back then, uh, there was, there was not this great importance of checking the pitcher to see if he had a foreign substance because they wanted him to be sure he held the ball. Well, with the advent of all this technical stuff and spin ratio and all this stuff uh it's gotten to be where it's out of hand and you've opened up a can of worms where they're going to be people that are hit with a pitch that the pitcher just lost control of the ball and uh so in some ways it it may be good to have changed all that but in some ways it's bad because you're going to have some people get hurt because they can't grip the pitch um the uh the issue about checking them uh is, is basically to keep them from cheating. And uh, when there was one guy, I forget who it was, said it, it ruined his pitching mechanics because he, he can't doctor the ball anymore. Why, why would you make a statement like that? Even even if you were doing it, why, why would you say something like that? I think the the history of baseball, this, the biggest thing about it was uh, that everyone's trying to be the best that they can be. And I don't think any of these people, except the guys that were throwing spitballs like Gaylord Perry and the guys that scuffed the ball like Don Sutton, uh, I consider that more cheating than keeping something on your hand where you can control the pitch and, and know where it's going. Uh, so I have a, I have mixed emotions about doing all that because I would rather the pitcher know, knows where he's going to throw the ball than to have somebody get hit in the face because the pitcher lost control of the ball. Uh, the other issues about the rule changes, uh, I think the size of the base will probably help the first baseman. It should help the base stealer, and it should help you in turning a double play at second base because the base is bigger. Um, and then uh, things like that, I, I think they've done that more for a safety reason than they have for anything else. I don't, I don't think the powers of be were smart enough to realize that you add a couple, three inches here there, you're going to increase anything to improve the, the game. But uh, I don't have a problem with it. What I, I do have a problem with, and I've always had this problem, is the time between innings where when I when I first started, there was there was no time between innings. You got out there and you pitched and you, you were ready to go. So it was about the early 80s. They decided to put in the, the time between innings at a minute and 40 seconds. And uh, we had four pitchers that complained about it. One of them was Steve Carlton. One of them was Tom Seaver. One of them was Randy Jones. And I forget who the fourth one was, but they complained that a minute and 40 seconds between innings for commercial times was too long, that they'd be waiting on the mound when, you know, it was time to play. Then they went to two minutes and five seconds. And then about 16 or 17 pitchers complained that it was too long. And now, especially in the playoffs, it's almost three minutes between innings. So the idea of speeding up the game, making you get in the box and doing this that, and the other, uh, we're wasting probably 18 minutes doing TV commercials. So th- they haven't addressed the real problem, which is the media. And, uh, and and I don't mean it the media itself. I mean the commercial time between innings and uh, i remember in the middle 80s there was this thing that the mets used to do where they had the walk-up music and they they wouldn't leave the on deck circle until they would played their walk-up music and it was almost like they were auditioning for a broadway play and that became the thing to do was the way till your walk-up music was and um, that slows down the game that, and yeah, that's quick just
1: complaining. hey quit complaining because those damn commercials paid your fat-ass salary that you got <laughs> for 40 years. So I don't want to hear you complain listen, about the, wa- the walk-up music, listen, the that, time that, between. Know, because, listen, if there was no commercials, you out, playing Joe. playing golf. Not at Bella Colina. <laughs> you'd be at, <laughs> at Diamond Players Club still. So don't give me that crap about it took too long.
2: Listen, listen all the money you made, all the money you stole from the White Sox. <laughs> 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 and you're talking about the money that an umpire made? I mean, you made more money in uh, two months than I made in a year. You well, <laughs> so, should, should have had a better union head. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I wasn't too good at that either. <laughs> at, one, at, one time, at one time, I had us in the Teamsters. Now, you'll like this story. I had both the Major and Minor League Union in the Teamsters, and both unions turned it down. They said, no, we want our anonymity. I said, "Let's let me get this straight. If you go on strike... There's going to be 68 of you walking a picket line. If you go on strike with the Teamsters, they will shut down the ballparks. (laughs) Yeah. Joe, you would have been
1: like Jimmy Hoffa.
2: You would have disappeared. Yeah, I would have been under one of these new stadiums they built. You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Hey you want to ask the fan question? Well, no, I was
3: going to
1: let Kratzy. Kratzy okay,
3: had something Kratzy, for Okay,
0: you go first, then A.J. Spiderman. No, wait,
3: I'm, I'm a high school coach now, so I'm ruining kids' high school careers. But I want to know, we have a – I have a video here for you, and I want you to tell me if my guy is doing something, if he's good or not, because we have a – we don't have enough umpires in high school, and we need new ones, so we need young people to get into umpiring. Let me know how the guy's doing here, but also no. I want to know more so – is he even picks his he even picks his butt too, so he's he's got <laughs> the it. The true ump. <laughs> but how can how can we get younger people into umpiring so that we got them in these games?
2: Well, that kid right there should be pretty good on the low pitch, and, uh, <laughs> and for, for for the most part, uh, it, it's pretty much like everything else. The, the people that are are working high school and, and Babe Ruth games and all they're getting chastised by the fans and everything. And they're really brutal. They don't really realize that, uh, that the, most of this is, is just like a avocation. It's not a vocation for somebody. And, and they don't really understand it. There's a, there's a school, a high school in Texas. I'm forget the little name of the town, but the coach teaches all his kids to be respectful. And he has a, he has a day where he has a protocol day where he teaches the kids how to open a door for women how to be polite to ladies. Uh, he, and he actually says, uh, you have to you have to understand that the umpire is not gonna be right all the time, but you have to respect his authority because he's the only authority of baseball out there. And he actually coaches his kids to be respectful. And I'll never forget my first spring training ever in Major League Baseball, well, mud Major League is it was Detroit Tigers camp. And uh, Steve Ripley, it was like his first plate job ever in a professional game. And this kid from the Tigers struck out and he set his uniform on fire. And so I came in from first base and I was screaming at him. And Mike Fitzpatrick, the third base umpire came in, he was screaming. So now that everything's over and the game ends and we're walking back to the to the uh, the not the stadium, but the barracks where we stayed at Tigertown, the old barracks. And Ed Catalinas, who was the head of the camp, called every Detroit Tiger to the tower. And you remember the towers where you had the tower in the middle. You had Fort fields going out by the sides. And he started lecturing them on the loudspeaker that uh, you boys are here to try to get a job. Those umpires already have one. And if there's going to be any argument, that's your manager's job. It is not yours. And... Uh, after that, Steve Ripley was walking on air. He thought it was the greatest thing in the world. But uh, it's it's hard, and the protocol, when you're into the game and excited to try to do the very best you can and you feel like the umpire made a mistake, it's hard to hold your emotions. And uh, that's something that you have to learn. I mean, it's hard for young umpires to hold their emotions when they think they're right and they think the player's wrong. So it's, it's a learning process. I'll never forget... The best piece of advice I ever got was from an old umpire named Doug Harvey. And uh, he said, don't let them ruin your day. He said, you're doing a good job. And in your worst day, your percentages are going to be better than the players at what you're doing. He said, so if they do something to get out of line, you kick them out. And if they (laughs) do, he said, don't, don't put up with it. He said, but don't let them ruin your day. Don't, don't get mad. And that was the greatest piece of advice I ever got. And uh, the the truth of the matter is, you know, an umpire, no matter if he's in Little League or Babe Ruth League or college or in the big leagues, he has three responsibilities. And his first responsibility is to the game of baseball itself. Now, that might not mean the commissioner's office, but the game itself. His second responsibility is to the umpiring profession. And that doesn't necessarily mean the umpire's union or the guys you're working with. And your third responsibility is to do what you know is morally honest and correct in your heart. And if you do those three things in that order, nothing you do will be wrong. Well, unless you kick Mark Burley out of the game and then your partners will hate you. But, but, <laughs> um, well, so, most- so
1: I clearly did not come up with the Tigers because I was not taught that about umpires. I was taught they all suck and they're all wrong all the time. So it's okay. Yeah.
2: Of course What's you didn't the, come up with the <laughs>
1: <laughs> What's the worst or the best? I want the best ejection story slash worst story you ever had. You threw out, I don't know how many, you threw out hundreds. I'm sure hundreds of guys.
2: What's the best story 100, 100, 100 you have? 196. 196. Okay.
1: 196. What's your best story? I, I want to hear Joe West's best story.
2: <laughs> well, uh, my best my best story would be about a, a situation from a golf tournament and this is from an old ball player named ryan klesko you remember him
3: i do oh, yeah. of course
2: <laughs> yeah. well we invited ryan klesko to the country golf classic at Doral country club and uh, it was a classic because we had mickey Gilly, we had box curl willie we had rick serrate from white snake we had charlie harrison from wings we had les dudak from the Allman Brothers, and it was a great golf tournament. They had a, they actually had a band the night before. Anyway, and, and Klesko's running around to all these famous people, getting, getting them to autograph his hat. So the baseball season comes about, and then at the end of the year, I get this phone call, and I don't recognize the number. For some reason, I picked it up. And he says, uh, he says, Joe, yeah, Ryan Klesko. Oh, how you doing? He says, uh, I want to take you pheasant hunting. I said, you want to take me pheasant? No, oh, that's cool. I've never been pheasant hunting. I've been duck hunting, deer hunting, bear hunting, uh, phe- uh, but I've never been pheasant hunting. He says, yeah, there's about 12 of us going to go. I got this place outside of Atlanta. And I said, uh, wait a minute, what 12? And he named off 12 major league ballplayers. I said, let me get this straight. You want me to walk out in the open field with 12 ballplayers with shotguns? Have you lost your mind? <laughs> <laughs> I was one of them, by the way. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, some of the, some of these ejections are hilarious. Some of them are bad. Some of them, uh, it's just, uh, you have to kick them out because what they did is not conducive to, like we said, the spirit of the game and you have to protect the game first. Um I've I had to kick I kicked out Terry Collins one time cause his face was cut in a fight and he says I can't go back to the dugout with this kid, and he kicked me out. Sure, gone. But uh <laughs> um, and then uh Don Zimmer he used to get kicked out. Uh Bobby Cox I threw Bobby Cox out for throwing a batting helmet in the middle of the infield in a World Series game. Um I thought that the the player that just struck out through it so I find him, it was Blouser and uh, and the entire Atlanta bench said, he didn't do it, he didn't do it. I said, okay, who did it? And Bobby Cox stood up and said, I did it. I said, okay, you're done. So he got kicked out <laughs> <up. laughs> hey,
0: of uh, yeah, Joe, so, so the fan questions all have like a similar theme here. They said, like Ben Carr goes, what player gave you the most grief through the years? Billy O'Brien, which player and manager did you have the biggest beef with during the game? Ree Riley, who got under your skin the most times where you turned red? Um, was it a player or coach? So, all pretty much the same question. Like, was there public enemy number one over your years um, for a player on the field that just was all over you or, or making fun of you, you know, maybe trying to pick on, on the singing career, whatever? And same thing with a manager that was always getting after you, where you're like, all right, this guy's got no chance with me today.
2: Well, you you forget they they don't have the last word. One of the funniest lines Steve Garvey ever told me, I was yelling at Joe Torrey for about five minutes. And when I got back to first base, Garvey put his glove over his face, and he says, you know, you have the last word whether you take it or not. (laughs) Just like that. But uh, managers, uh, I had Earl Weaver in two games, spring training games. He never finished either one of them. So... (laughs) Earl Weaver's never finished a game I was in. And, and yet if you got Earl Weaver on a golf course, he's one of the most pleasant people in the world to play with. We actually invited him to that golf tournament at the round. He was one of the best celebrities you could have there because he spoke with everybody and he would sign autographs. He'd sign autographs for anybody. And he was, he was a great baseball ambassador. Now I, I'll give you another one, Tommy Lasorda, but If you barked at Tommy Lasorda, he'd back down. He'd back off. If you barked at Earl Weaver, he'd come out there like a mad dog. Uh, Dick Williams was tough. Dick Williams is tough to deal with. He told us one day at home plate. He said, you know, if, uh, I don't care what you call out there. If it goes against me, I'm coming out there. Well, about the third inning, we had an obstruction play. His third baseman. Didn't get out of the way of the runner in a rundown. He ran right into him, so we called obstruction, put him on. Here he came. Before he could get to the dirt in the infield, I said, well, you said you were coming out here, and then he called me every expletive in the book, and so I had to do it. man. But, um, you know, who was who else was tough on young umpires was Chuck Tanner. And uh, one of the younger umpires told me one day, he said, you know, he picks on every young umpire that comes up here until you show him that you're not going to listen to it anymore. And, and after – you would show Chuck where your limit was. He was very good. He was one of the nicest people that you'd ever want to meet. I, and of course he's probably before both your, all your, all three of your guys time in the big leagues, but, uh, he, he was, uh, he was quite the manager and, uh, ballplayers. Uh, yeah. The, uh, we had a ball player named Milton Bradley one time. Yeah. He, play, he played, mm-hmm. for, I remember him with the Dodgers and, uh, he'd gotten kicked out about four times that year and, uh, Peter Gammons made a statement to the press that we were baiting him. And so I called Peter Gammons. I said, Peter, you can't bait him. If he was a fish, he'd jump in the boat. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I mean, he, he, he was that, uh, high-strung uh, you know uh adrian beltre he used to he used to complain about every pitch but he was kidding you know he'd be at third base and the ball would bounce and he'd say that ball looks like a strike and then he'd be batting the ball would be right down the middle he you call it a strike he said that's outside but he was kidding <laughs>
5: you
2: know he would say it didn't matter what you called it was quite the opposite and one day i told him i said you know you're a very good ball player but you are a horse shit umpire <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's amazing i love it well joe last thing that i want to bounce off you um automated balls and strikes i think it's going to happen at some point pretty soon that's like the next wave here whether it's like challenges or it's just full-on balls and strikes being called which obviously changes the role of the home plate um significantly oh, yeah. do you think the umpires i mean your your friends that you worked with for years will be pissed about that, happy about that, because it seems like umps eventually were pretty pleased with, say, instant replay review. It takes a little heat off of them, and they can be like, look, I was right, or look, I don't have to be wrong and cost someone a game. Balls and strikes is, is a lot. So what, what do you think about it? But also, do you think the umps are like talking about this and like, yeah, sure, that's great, take it off our plate, or they're going, eh, hold on, relax, that's too far?
2: I think the biggest problem with, with that, I'll get to that in a minute, but I got to tell you about putting instant replay in, when we first put in instant replay we had half the umpires didn't want it and we had to explain to them that the replay guy that's changing this call is your fifth umpire on the field he's trying to help you keep you from making a mistake he's not trying to belittle you for the call you made because you made the call from your heart when you were on the field so you got to look at it like he's helping you he's your extra set of eyes And it's worked very well. In fact, when we first put in replay, we thought ejections would go down by half. They went up by 10%. And you know why? Because the managers would come out and argue with the replay. So we kicked out a bunch of managers because they argued with the replay. Now, the robotic umpire behind the plate We're graded on one of those things. We're graded, it was originally called Quest Tech, and now it's the zone evaluation. And we actually took baseball to court and we beat them in court because we proved it wasn't as completely accurate as they say it is. But the point being that using that system, they grade every umpire on every plate job that he does. Now, the last two years that I worked, we didn't have one umpire who graded under 95% behind the plate. So he's the worst umpire we had was missing five, 5% five of his pitches. <clears throat> They've yet <clears throat> to get this machine to miss less than 7%. So what do we do with the pitches that the machine misses? That's what the problem is. You see, you understand what I'm saying? And, and when an umpire misses a pitch, he calls ball or strike, he calls something. But when that machine misses a pitch, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't track it. And one day I'm working with Andy Fletcher. And Andy had a good game the night before, and he came to me. And, of course, these young guys, they live and die over that machine, how it grazed. And he said, the machine said, I missed six pitches. I said, well, "I I was working at second base. I couldn't see a pitch I could even question. He said, yeah, it said I missed six pitches. I said, well, how many did the machine miss? He said, oh, it didn't track 14. I said, so let me get this straight we're going to use a machine to call balls and strikes that misses twice as many pitches as you do. <laughs> so. <laughs> so they don't want it then.
0: Right. I mean, I would oh, guess. No, that... I,
2: I think that oh the umpires, uh, yeah, the umpires don't want it in in that form. I, I'm sure they would, they would bend a little bit if you said, uh, uh, okay, we'll call the pitches. It doesn't track. But if you think there's pressure on a three, two pitch now, let's put that machine in place. And now the three, two pitch, the machine doesn't call anything. How much pressure is there now? Hmm. That's magnified 10 times. Does it, does that make sense? You understand what I'm saying there?
0: Yeah, but I, I think, and they keep updating the tech and you're right. They still haven't gotten it completely straightened out, but I do think it always makes a call. I just think it's still figuring
1: out how to cover everyone's zone. I just want to know who the umpire was. It was the worst. Can you? Can we
2: get like initials? Was it like CB? You know. Well, you know. Uh, here's here's a funny thing. the The guy that had our worst rating was uh, president of the union before me. His name was John Hirschbeck. Oh, and yet,
1: oh I could give you some great John Hirschbeck stories. And that. whoa, baby.
2: And yet, when you put him in the playoff game, he was almost perfect. Yeah, him and you Mark. It, him and his brother. His brother. I worked with his brother. Yeah. But when he was in the regular season, his strike zone was great big. And when he got in the playoffs, he called, he had one of the the better strike zones ever in the playoffs. He's like an uh, NBA
0: player. He's chilling during the regular season. (laughs) (laughs) Al, It's like Robert Ury, right? Yeah. I'll chill during the regular season. I'm just going to drill threes and no one's going to say anything's wrong with my strike zone. That's, yeah. That's interesting. He, he was hyper. You had to get him to focus. That's the thing. You guys are human beings. It's like you had to go to him say, Hirschbeck, I need you to focus.
2: Well, and plus, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny on his games in the playoffs than there are a game in, uh, say, Tampa Bay in, in April, you know. And that and that's uh, that's really uh, what it amounts to you. Your, your concentration is the biggest thing when you work in home plate. And uh, I tell people all the time, you know, uh, probably the, the catcher that changed the way all you guys catch today was Bench. Because when Bench came to the big leagues, uh, all the catchers had a little round circle in that big pad. And Bench wouldn't use that glove. He he had a, a hinge in the bottom of his cor- uh, corner of the glove. And he'd catch the ball out in front of him. And he had to catch it out in front of him because he had a size eight head, and his shoulders are so broad. So if he didn't catch the ball out in front of him, you couldn't see it. And so I think he he's the one that really revolutionized how you catch the ball, what they call framing today. But uh, he and he was quite the ball player. I'll never I'll never forget he was he was catching one day in Houston, and this guy was yelling at me from the third row. And he was yelling from the first pitch of the game. And about the fifth inning, he yelled and he lost his voice. His voice cracked. The bench turned around and said, You finally got him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, we're gonna let you go.
1: But before I let you go, before actually I'm gonna kick your ass off the show because you kicked me out of that spring training game that one time. But <laughs> I used to say what you said about John Hirschbeck, I used to say about you. You were a horseshit in the regular season. But there were times when you wanted to be a good umpire, you were a good umpire. So get the hell out of here. Go home. By the way, if you could try on the shirt behind you over your right shoulder, the pink one, I think you would look great in it. The pink (laughs) one? Yeah, the pink one over your right shoulder? Yeah. Yeah, look look over your shoulder, there's a pink one that would fit perfect. Yeah.
2: That's my wife's shirt. <laughs> so, <laughs> even better. Awesome, awesome. Joe, get out of here.
1: Thank you, Joe. It was awesome. Take care. Having it was on. great to see you guys.
0: Nice, Joe. You too. You
5: too. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumbacasino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumbacasino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere,